0: Hey, Kate. Yeah? Do we give legal advice on this podcast?
1: Oh, gosh, no.
0: Hostile work environment. Exactly.
1: Hey, an appropriate workplace topic.
0: Hostile work
1: environment. Shut up. I'm the human resources director, Little Miss Hostile Work Environment.
0: Oh. Hello. Welcome to the Hostile Work Environment. My name is Mark Alifanz, and I am here, as always, with my fantastic co-host, Kate Bischoff. Kate, it's been a little while. How are you doing?
1: Well, I'm doing okay, all things considered. My kids are start distance learning tomorrow. I'm totally okay with that because of COVID and of how they best learn. But I understand all the apprehension. I'm a little nervous because Quentin's starting a new high school where he doesn't have built-in friends. So I'm a little concerned about the social aspect, but I think it's going to be okay. How about you? How are you doing?
0: Oh, I think you just summed up our life kind of succinctly. No, so both my my girls started last week with distance learning, but um, they're also both starting a new school for middle school, and they have they have no friends, uh, so that's going to be difficult. We are doing the most Portland thing ever in the world, which is uh, because of the lack of uh, in person anything. Uh, one of the parents decided to rent a farm on the island right across. Uh, from my house here, uh, a mushroom farm where the kids can go a couple of days a week for a few hours to socialize all with masks and they've got Wi-Fi so they can do their distance learning while they're there. And so like they'll do part of the day, you know, with their classes on the computer and the rest of the day, um, you know, uh, learning about mushrooms and hemp.
1: <laughs> okay. How so Portland of you. It, I- it is
0: the most Portland thing ever, absolutely. And then. You know, work-wise, it's been a little while. I've actually picked up a halftime gig working for a fantastic nonprofit here in Portland called Central City Concern, and I'm the interim general counsel sharing that responsibility with one other guy And uh, while they look for a new general counsel. So that's that's part of why we couldn't uh, record uh, two weeks ago and, you know, taking my schedule to be extremely difficult to schedule anything right now. So, uh, But it's been fantastic work, and it's uh, basically... Um, Housing, primary care, and residential—sorry—and uh, uh, employment services for homeless individuals oh. in Portland, which has a gigantic homeless problem. So uh, it is—it is great work, and uh, I'm pleased to be doing it. And it's a tremendous organization.
1: Well, that's very, very cool. Uh, I think we have.
0: Oh, I just—I just lost your mic there for a second. What's up? I think we have a theme for today's uh, we pod. do have a theme for today's pod and it has nothing to do with hemp farming or <laughs> um, or homelessness. Uh, it is in fact related to sports and I think we are going to dub this the sports asshole extravaganza <laughs> episode because yes. there have been a lot of bad sports things. Bad sports actors, bad sports owners going on in the last month. And we thought, what better uh, venue than this podcast to shame them into submission?
1: Oh, and there's so much shame to be had. Let's start on the court, meaning the tennis court with (laughs) Mr. Djokovic and his Male Only's Club Players Association. So we are recording this on Labor Day. Yesterday, it was the fourth round of the U.S. Open. And Mr. Djokovic, the only player on the men's side to have won a Grand Slam before, was disqualified because after some kerfuffle and not doing so well, he took a ball and hit it and that ball beelined into the neck of a line judge. And because of the rules of tennis, he was disqualified. This comes on top of a whole bunch of controversy from Mr. Djokovic, starting with uh, some comments he made in 2016 about female players. He said that, of course, women should be paid more but only when they are equally as popular as male players and draw the same kinds of viewership because they also have challenges of quote hormones and different stuff.
0: How enlightened.
1: (laughs) Oh, it gets so much better. He also, along with the Canadian player who is now favored to win the U S open, uh, started a club, a players' association, or a union, to represent players' interests because he believed players' interests were not being advanced. Even though there is a players' organization, he says that he doesn't want to compete and have different tournaments than the current setup, but he thinks player uh, influence should be increased. And this is just after there's been a big push Equalize female payouts so that there's equal pay between men and women on the the circuit. He
0: so he didn't say that explicitly, but it's um it's implied implied. in the timing.
1: Yeah, it's implied in the timing and the desire because the 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 desire, desire the desire was to to get more money out of the tournaments to equalize the power there. But to equalize the power there, the tournaments have just equalized the pay. And this seems to be in response to equalizing that pay. We also have a new leader of the, it is called the Association of Tennis Players. She happens to be a woman and a former player. So they announced their new- He
0: can't join that. He can't be part of that.
1: Well, maybe not. They announced this on the eve of the US Open. So they had a picture of all the players wearing their masks on the court. And guess what none of the players had?
0: Oh, I don't know.
1: Female body part.
0: Oh, I was going to say that, but I thought maybe I. <laughs> you you set me up, and I was like, wait, can I? Am I going to say that?
1: <laughs> yes, female body part. All men, and so two of the biggest players in the game right now are Roger Federer and Rafael Nadal, and both of them have come out and said they're not joining this player organization because this is not this is a time for unity, not separation, is what Nadal said, and then Federer endorse that. Andy Murray, one of the only prominent male players from the U.S., says, I don't want to be a part of this until women are involved because the Women's Tennis Association, which was coincidentally started by Billie Jean King in 1973, they were not involved in the creation of this organization at all. And Andy Murray is like, ah, there's got to be women here. And so it was seemed to be karma. Oh, Andy. Yeah. Yeah. There seemed to be karma that Djokovic was disqualified for hitting a tennis ball too hard because shocker, a person who doesn't believe or doesn't act like women should be paid equally, uh, is disqualified. It's like karma, karmic justice. The one player who has been silent on this issue so far, and I think that silence speaks volumes, is uh, Serena. Serena did not want to comment on this at all because she's focused on playing. And so she has been really outspoken on behalf of women. I think she's letting the men here, predominantly Nadal, Federer, and Murray, say this isn't what we should be doing. I think that is maybe the right step, but so that she can win. So,
0: yeah. Well, maybe, hopefully, we'll hear from her after.
1: Yes. Okay. You have a bad story. Story. Oh, I do.
0: I do. And it's crazy. All right. So <laughs> I you know, we've said in the past that this is a soccer loving podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is this is, uh, you know, a story about Major League Soccer uh, here in the United States that just it hit the news. And I saw Kind of the superficial headlines. Deloit Hanson, owner of RSL, you know, he he did not support the you know uh, protests in the NBA and RSL when games got canceled a week or so ago uh, due to racial justice issues, and I just I couldn't believe that he was coming out quite so blatantly, and it, and the the hubbub got to be so big around it that he ended up deciding, kind of through force, to sell the team. Oh so but there's so much more there's so much more going on in the background here that i couldn't believe it so so a little history here to start with so from 2010 to 2014 rsl's real salt lake they are trying to sound fancy uh to kind of sound like real madrid which is like one of the top you know soccer teams in the world so real salt lake i i always call them fake salt lake because it's fake is the opposite of real um, as as a you know fan of a different team, um, uh, they so uh, you know 2010 to 14 they're considered a model MLS franchise, always a playoff team, always in contention for MLS and Concacaf Champions League. Uh, they had these very highly respected executives, Garth Lagerway, uh, who's kind of player operations. He now works for the dreaded evil Seattle Sounders. So. <laughs> On mm, Garth uh, and a guy named Bill Manning Jason Kreiss who used to be a soccer star uh, in MLS uh, was their head coach and uh, his teams won 111 games which when you only play 30 games in a season 35 games in a season okay pretty good uh, mm-hmm. made the playoffs six straight years they had a firmly embedded team and organizational culture uh, in which the team is the star uh, okay okay Uh, they were known for a small market team for having achieved a a really significant um, uh, whatever, uh, you know, just, they won a lot. They were great team. They, they had great success. Um, Hanson, who we talked about Del Loy Hanson bought a 49% stake in the club in 2009. But then in 2013, he straight out bought the team. Uh, And the same year they won the MLS championship uh, a month after he first came on and he got to appear in the championship final, uh, uh, you know, kind of get the get the trophy and all that. Um, He also later uh, in 2018 brought on an NWSL team. So that's uh, National Women's Soccer League, uh, which is going through a rapid expansion after last season. Uh, but uh, the Kansas City team was folding and they decided to move it to uh, Salt Lake where they already had the facilities and Hanson brought on and that happened in 2018. Um, There's another dude, a guy named Andy Carroll, and he's kind of a guy we want to talk about a bit here. Uh, He started with RSL in 2013. He oversaw corporate sponsorships and then was promoted to chief business officer in 2015. Um, And then things started to, go downhill oh of course so first Christ left he was the head coach followed by lag and manning all of them within a two-year span uh and when manning left in 2015 Hansen framed it by saying our organization needs a different structure um New news release said that Hanson would immerse himself with the staff and address short-term and long-term needs for the organization, but it didn't go well. And the on-field product has suffered ever since. So from 2014 to 2019, quite the opposite of that earlier era, uh, RSL never made it past the second round of the playoffs. Uh, they didn't qualify for the postseason several times. Um, and, and things were just not going great from a on-field performance standpoint. So, uh, also Hansen started trying to get involved in the player operations when he had no soccer background, A uh, head scout named Andy Williams, who has been furloughed since April. Um, interestingly, uh, said that Hansen would want to see videos of players that the club wanted to sign despite having no in-depth experience. Um, and there's a couple of European players that they could have had, but Hansen rejected them and and the implication here is because of their ethnic sounding names oh that's what's implied to me in the article and every time the scout sees these guys score a goal in europe he's like we could have had that guy we could have been 10 times better if oh, the front office yeah. had just trusted us so so it's a guy who just needs to have control and and seems to have you know again implied certain biases when it comes to who they're opening their pocketbook to um
1: uh i mean not okay but okay
0: right so these these restrictions are out there they're trying to win games but the culture in the front office has completely eroded former and current employees say the culture is toxic and several people said that uh carol who has since taken a leave of absence since this reporting has come out uh raised uh allegations of sexist Kyle didn't raise the allegations. The employees raised allegations of sexist behavior, workplace misconduct. He created an atmosphere of fear and led by intimidating, uh, intimidation and bullying. Where oh. have we heard that before?
1: In nearly every situation we're dealing with currently?
0: Right. Uh... There are accounts of him belittling and berating staff members acting inappropriately with and making sexist comments about women, including the Utah Royals players, and making ignorant remarks about race. Uh, people felt like they had to watch out when he was around. Anytime Andy is in the office, people are keeping their heads down because you don't want to be the next one, a former employee says. You don't want to be his punching doll. Mm-hmm. Harold's- Interactions with women were also particularly troubling, saying he, for example, preferred only the Royals players he deemed pretty to appear in promotions and called certain other players ugly. Uh, While planning the media day for the NWSL team coming on as a new team in 2018 in Utah, he requested the players be put in sexy poses. Uh, The marketing department banded together to not have that happen.
1: Oh, good job, marketing department.
0: Woo! But but I read that and I just I, like it makes me think of a league of their own with the you know short skirt kind of baseball uniforms and and uh, you know this guy's it's it's twenty twenty. <laughs> I, mean, I mean I guess I I guess I should that doesn't mean anything given what's up with the state of the world. But oh my god, um, a person with firsthand knowledge said that Carol would often remark on Royals players' sexual orientation with comments like they're all just a bunch of lesbians, right? Or are most of them on team lesbian? Uh, uh, Rebecca Cade, who worked as an RSL sideline reporter from November 2017 to April 2018, that's pretty short tenure, I wonder why, uh, said she was told about a conversation in which Carol and a few other male managers sat in the office one evening and talked about her body particularly her breasts. Two people in the meeting confirmed it. (gasps) Carol said that Cade didn't know anything about soccer, but she could get away with it because of her looks. Cade said she was asked to dress more frumpy and to not smile or laugh during training sessions to avoid being a distraction to RSL players. She also (gasps) said she was once accused of having a sexual relationship with an RSL player. She experienced harassment by several men in the office.
1: Uh, okay. I several men, because, you know, several it's not men. just
0: a it's one not, and it, done. It is a culture No, and it's, it's a culture issue. Uh, and a just bad guy issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carol also made generalizations about others... Uh, about others that employees found offensive. An employee said he sat in a meeting in which Carol said he would never again date another adopted woman because such women have baggage. Oh,
1: whoa, okay.
0: So after RSL and LAFC decided uh, not to play in the August 27th game as a protest against the police shooting of Jacob Blake, Carol reacted with exasperation. Utah is just over the Black Lives Matter movement, Carol said, according to a person present. We just need to move on. Let's just move on. The same person said, right. (laughs) The same person said, Carol mentioned on more than one occasion that because about 2% of Utah's population is black, the organization doesn't need to worry about that group. Oh, no. That's Carol
1: definitely sports ball assholeness. Yes. Right. Uh, So does the MLS have a, like the governing body of owners like the NFL does?
0: So MLS, that's a complicated question. I, and I don't have the exact answer. MLS is is what's called a single entity league, meaning that, that each of the teams is really just part of you know so the, each team has an owner but the owners are really still part of MLS they're not their own team in a sense so, yeah like, i know
1: the i know the players are all hired by MLS and that they're like correct. contracted to the teams is kind of how so, they operate
0: so so how how that all f- causes the owners to interact uh vis-a-vis the league is a complicated and i and i don't know the exact answer to that uh but the condemnation and criticism from the league and from the other owners was swift, good, and and you'll see. So that was Carol. So we haven't even gotten into Hanson yet, who's the actual owner. Yay! Okay, so he has a long history of inappropriate remarks, and I'm gonna I'm gonna skip a little bit of this, but um, uh, just for time purposes. But uh, you know, some examples here include about two years ago, he referred to a black woman as colored multiple uh-huh. times yeah, and mimicked her during a corporate event. At a 2016 Christmas party, Hansen asked all the blondes to come on stage. Uh, One attendee said that a woman was coaxed to go on stage despite clearly not wanting to do so. Uh, Another attendee said a man with blonde hair excitedly made his way to the stage, only to be stopped by Hansen, who said, no, not you, just the girls. (gasps) Everyone At our table just kind of had to sit there in horror, said one of the attendees.
1: Wow, okay. Uh,
0: Multiple people said that Carol mostly kept the staff insulated from Hanson, making it hard to report incidents to the owner directly. Uh, These employees were also hesitant to talk to human resources, fearing retribution. Uh, I can't say that I blame them, given Mm the story. Yep. Um, I was scared to say anything Kate said because... Uh, She was our reporter, if you recall, uh, because I just didn't know what would happen. Um, Ultimately, as I as I let off here, Hanson, as a blowback, mostly from his comments around Black Lives Matter and the player protests, um, has decided to sell both teams uh, which fall under an umbrella called Utah Soccer. Um, And uh, this is largely understood to be uh, he was told. He had to that he has to, that he had to do this uh it, and you know i think the team is looking to come out and the and the both organizations are looking to come out of this uh looking for a change in culture and hoping for a passionate new owner who uh is passionate about what's going on on the field and not about being racist and sexist um so uh it, the the it sounds like the uh, you know this culture was going on for a long time there. I think there's big problems with with having not identified it or done something about it earlier. The flip side of that is that he made one really appalling obviously comment about the protests uh and the action was swift so So at least on that front, there's progress here though. I would also say whole- like how did this not get dealt with by the league? or others, or get exposed earlier?
1: So I want to talk a little bit about that, because that bleeds into the next story we have about the Washington football team, and that it is really hard to stick your neck out and say, this is happening to me, and I want this to stop, particularly when it's leadership. When it is somebody like Hanson or... Somebody like Schneider, the owner, or Snyder, the owner of the Washington football team. Um, And that kind of permeates the whole organization. Because if I can't go talk to the leadership, what what happens if I talk to HR? Are are they going to be able to push back against leadership too? I don't think so. Because they're in that same organizational chart with the same hierarchy. So... It falls on us in HR, particularly, one, to know when you're making racist comments. And if you're making racist comments, get the hell out of HR. Right. Don't definitely don't become a diversity and inclusion, quote, unquote, <laughs> expert. And then, two, you know, we have to be the ones that stick up for everybody. We have to be the ones that are going and saying this can't happen. And this is particularly appalling in the soccer scenario in the NFL which we'll get to but what I was shocked and odd about a couple of years ago when was it Sterling who owned the one basketball team who as soon as allegations came out the NBA was like nope you're out like you have to sell Donald Donald
0: Sterling and actually there, yeah. that was part of the examples I actually skipped over in the article <laughs> about Deloy Hansen. so uh, funny you bring that up because uh, Hanson had been defending Sterling oh, comments that course. Sterling made. Of um, course. and I didn't want to get into all of that backstory, which is why I skipped it. But now that you've brought it up, yeah. uh, that was actually also there in, in the Utah story.
1: Yeah, though no, the, what the NBA did. And I think the NBA really has been leading on a lot of these issues. I mean, the Milwaukee bucks, yeah. um, and then LeBron, you know, stepping in and saying, we're going to stop sports for then. And then that falling into, uh, tennis with Naomi saying, I'm not playing today in whatever tournament that was. Sorry, I'm not a huge tennis fan. Um, but then it happening throughout sports, including with the MLS saying, we're going to pause and note this moment for what it is. I think that's, yep. those are things that are all great. But that only happens when the organization as a whole takes swift action and recognizes that this stuff can't happen. And what happened with Donald Sterling definitely – set the tone for the NBA that we don't tolerate this kind of stuff and it'll be okay when we speak up about it. And I think particularly because of the leadership within one, the NBA and two NBA players themselves. And a lot, we should note a lot of this started with the WNBA. The WNBA has been some of the most activist players make making points. I mean, one player even stepped out for a season to get an innocent guy out of prison. Um, Because she believed he was innocent. I mean, like, they have been amazing on social issues and using the platform that their skills have given them to affect change. And so I want to applaud all of them for that. But let's talk about some cheerleaders. What do you think? Oh, let's,
0: (laughs) let's.
1: Okay, so let's step back a few years. Because a few years ago, the Washington football team, I am not, I'm going to do my best not to call them what they used to be called, then under years and years of pressure, now they're just the Washington football team for a moment. Yeah,
0: I, I actually think that uh, my idea for what they should be named is the Washington Voldemorts. <laughs> the, the team that shall not be named.
1: Oh, yeah, sure. Okay, yeah, the team that shall be not be named. Uh, there was a lawsuit about FLSA violations coming out of the cheerleaders. For the NFL and primarily the Washington Football Team, um, because they get paid for a season, a thousand dollars. A thousand dollars. That's how much they received. They got a thousand dollars for attending every game, attending every event, attending all these additional events that have nothing to do with football. Uh, and all the community stuff, they were paid $1,000 because it was such an honor to be your cheerleader.
0: So what are they like? Interns? Not that that's legal as structured, but like, what are they trying to say? Like you're...
1: They're not employees. They're independent contractors. I mean, there, were, there was a lot of stuff around that case. But when you have one legal violation, it's possible that there are others that this is a culture of using individuals, right? So (laughs) let's start with Mr. Snyder. So Mr. Snyder owns the Washington football team. And after decades of pressure to change the name of the team, he finally succumbed to that pressure this year and decided that The name is not going to be what we're going to be called, but while we consider what we should be called, we're just going to be the Washington football team. And uh, this wide, huge pressure has been relentless, particularly over the past couple of years, but he finally succumbed. Right. And a few weeks ago, the Washington Post published an article about the stories of several female cheerleaders about what they experienced under Snyder's leadership. In particular things like indecent proposals. One cheerleader was at a wrestling like event and had just danced in the ring. And the owner, Mr. Snyder, said, why don't you go, there's a suite upstairs with my friend here. Why don't you go up and get to get to know each other better? WTF Whoa. dude. OK, no. Hmm. So there's that indecent proposal. Then there is the leading through fear that you mentioned, right? This is an overall theme. This is a fear theme. Um, that cheerleaders were told, "Don't ever look at him. Don't ever make eye contact with him. Um, you can only call with him Snyder. Sir. Yeah, you can only call him Sir or Mister Snyder. Never Dan. Um, just stay out of his way." Um, they, women were restricted in their movement in the building because they could be so distracting to players. So women couldn't be in the, near the locker rooms at certain times because that's when the players would be there. And they're just so, you know what? We're just so darn distracting. Who knew? Okay. It was embarrassing and demeaning the women described there was a behind the scenes video cut and edited of their swimsuit video so they in 2008 or 9 the women would went and made a video called beauties on the beach and the outtakes, which would include nipple slips, would include like them in very sexy positions, including one which is a close-up of the genital area. And the only reason it was covered was it was covered with gold paint.
0: <gasps> that, I, mm.
1: <laughs> So these videos were about, behind the scenes videos are about 10 minutes long. They were requested according to the reports by the announcer. And Mr. Snyder, who claimed that he knew nothing about this, um, and in his statement following the Washington Post article, he says, "I'm disappointed that this woman uh, would speak to the newspaper but wouldn't speak to us."
0: <laughs> I, I mean, I understand why he's disappointed.
1: Mm-hmm. When she was-
0: <laughs> I, that that is actually a true and understandable <laughs> statement. I understand why you're disappointed.
1: (laughs) I do understand why you're disappointed. Ass. Another individual was let go from the team or resigned after allegations that he sold access to the cheerleaders. (laughs) And the chief financial officer, when one woman came to him to complain, he said, this is a male-dominated culture. You should avoid him or quit. Now, the chief financial officer was essentially the HR person as well because there wasn't effective HR at the time. So that is the Washington football team. In response, one of the women said, powerful men, and these are powerful men in powerful positions, and they need to realize that they can't do this. The women are currently represented by an attorney who represented Christine Blasey Ford during the hearings Mm -hmm. around. Uh, Justice Kavanaugh, um, and so they have initiated action.
0: So, question, I mean, oh my God, first of all, appalling. Uh-huh. Uh, question, ha,
1: what,
0: I've read a little bit, but what has the blowback from this article been? Has there been any further? Uh, I think I saw that, you know, there was criticism that the team was trying to handle this internally and that there is now news that the league is going to take over the investigation. Uh, Yes.
1: They hired an outside firm to go in and do an investigation. And they also hired a law firm to set expectations. Now, Hmm. I take issue with this a little bit. I mean, I know when... Eric Holder did an investigation about sexual harassment I can't remember which organization that was. It was fascinating, though. His report was very thorough. I don't think your lawyer should be setting your expectations for conduct. I think that's a leadership decision with input from your lawyer, not necessarily your lawyer setting what those expectations are. So I think that's a little bit backwards, and it doesn't show that we, the organization, care about what these expectations are.
0: Right? I, I think so, unless the, the message there is the leadership of the organization is so messed up that nobody could possibly trust them to come up with the right set of standards. So we're going to have the lawyers do it. I mean, that's <laughs> yeah. that's a little bit of a different spin on it, but I, you know, I could see that going either way. <laughs> that nobody yeah. trusts the team to actually go and do this. Uh, well,
1: that is most certainly true. But when when we can't trust the team, does that mean that even the lawyer is going to Set the expectations, oh, Are they actually going to follow through with it? Like that's right, my opinion. right. I
0: mean, there's all sorts of reasons why it's not from a logistical, functional, <laughs> right. But you know, from a philosophical, I, I mean, it just yeah, it just shows shows a lack of faith that anybody's going to be able to do anything about it. So let's let's have the lawyers set some rules.
1: Yes, exactly. Especially since in a law firm setting, who are the most egregious harassers? Oh, people? the lawyers the
0: lawyers the lawyers the lawyers especially employment lawyers employment, lawyers are, employment, the worst. Lawyers. employment yep. lawyers are the
1: worst we are the worst because we think we know the, where the line is and then we dance all over that line every day right and so and, have, and because
0: we're desensitized to it yep. where you know you know Dennis and I you know, remember Dennis my uh, former yes. co-host um you know we used to work together and you know we'd be sitting in a in a in a you know team meeting, and you go, wow, it's been a long time since I had a good ass grab case. Yeah, my- and and that's like not even. I mean, again, it's not approaching any you know lines of inappropriateness. But we would have conversations like that as a team because it's the nature and substance of the work we're doing. And other teams might come in and, and be like, "Wait, aren't you guys employment yep. lawyers?"
1: Yep, exactly. So, well, I have to leave you now, sir. Oh, so. But I want to tell all our listeners, <laughs> so please send in some listener stories at hwepodcast at gmail.com, right? Do that. And They
0: should do that.
1: Yes. And you should find me on the Twitters as soon as you can at k8bish, right?
0: Right. And I'm at Salad Pants, and uh, I, I'm going to let Kate go because her cleaning team just showed up. Yay! And, and that's awesome um, we'll be back in a couple of weeks we're toying with the idea of a special episode uh, different kind of format uh, it may or may not be the next one but we'll, we'll, we'll see but uh, we're back uh, hope you enjoyed the episode and uh, we will uh, talk to you soon bye bye